Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by both my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, as we are here to recap AEW Full Gear and also preview WWE Survivor Series taking place this coming Saturday. So a lot to get to from both shows. We'll start with the recap portion of it, talking about Full Gear. And of course, the big news coming out of Full Gear, I guess I guess the big news, the big, big news, obviously, is that uh, something that we all, like, kind of chairman called it first, and then we all kind of, uh, I think most of us kind of went along with it and thought it was going to happen with MJF winning the AEW World Heavyweight title with the help of William Regal as he slid the brass knucks to John, uh, to MJF to help him win. And I think, as we said last week, it was kind of hinted at in that promo where MJF did after at Dynamite where he talked about, you know, not he'll win, but he's not going to use the Dynamite, uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring. So you kind of foreshadowed a little bit of there if you had the idea of Regal turning in your mind. So... You had that happen. Uh, that's pretty much the big story coming out of AEW Full Gear. And this company is now MJF's, and it is now time for him to kind of uh, ride or die. So I'll throw it over to you, Cam, here first. What are your thoughts with MJF winning the world title? I mean, I think it was the right move, obviously, for AEW. I think Moxley's the hottest thing going for the or excuse me mgf is the hottest thing going for them right now so it was the right time uh they didn't need another wardlow situation they didn't need another you know meltdown or not meltdown but just you know not proper use of talent um again though the best thing that happened on full gear was the press conference by mjf i mean other than that it was it was a regular show but i mean i think it's the right move um we'll see who his challengers are going forward i read a report right before we started recording that Adam Page and Adam Cole are possibly close to being ready to go. Um, so those are two guys right there right off the bat. Um, but, yeah, I think it's the right move. I think MJF can lead everything. I just hope that Tony Khan, you know, we've talked about before that once, you know, he gets to this point where the guy's over and he wins the big match and then everything kind of flatlines after that. Um, so we'll see what they have in store. Yeah, I mean, we talked about AEW kind of needing like a hard reboot or a hard reset coming out of the show, and I think they pretty much got it. And we'll talk about it as we go along here with, you know, three kind of homegrown talents. I mean, you know, obviously these guys have all have experience elsewhere, but you got MJF as the world champ, you've got the acclaimed as the tag champs, and you have Jamie Hayter as the women's champion. So, you know, it's a new fresh look. It's a new fresh start for them. Like I said, you got a you got a. Uh, MJF on top, and I think that's the right move. You know, we talked. You know, Moxley was originally supposed to be on a vacation, so I think you're going to get that vacation for them or him going forward. You know, he's going to take that time off after carrying AEW for pretty much all summer, and then after the Punk stuff, I mean, it's more towards the fall, but like summer fall, you know, let MJF. You know, how are they going to book him? Are they going to book him as a face, like you said? You got Hangman Adam Page ready to come back. You've got Adam Cole, who's Apparently had a couple of concussions and there was some concern about them. He might be ready to come back. So the list of challengers is there. You've got Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page in a title in their finals for the title of uh, title shot uh, coming up. So uh, the opponents are definitely there for MJF and him just being on top with the title opens up a whole plethora of possibilities for him uh, as champion. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Yes, my prophecy I made at the start of the year of MJF winning the world title has happened. Uh, William Regal turning on the Blackpool Combat Club, 
prophecy I called a while ago has come full circle. Basically, uh, we all saw this kind of coming. Um, I still would probably say, looking back and seeing how things kind of unwinded since All Out with the CM Punk, you know, was the champion then. I think MJF and CM Punk probably was going to be the match at full gear. I think MJF would have beat Punk because obviously they have their little rivalry for how long. So obviously they had to pivot to Moxley. And obviously this is a way to get Regal heel, which we all know William Regal is a fantastic heel character from over the years. Um, Not sure if him and MJF will have a long-term relationship or not, or if MJF is going to use him and lose him, kind of like he's been doing to everybody since he's joined AEW. And then, of course, you know, the firm of Stokely still kind of hanging around. You mentioned Ethan Page, you know, Ricky Starr's coming up here. I think Ethan Page will probably win that match just for the fact that you know, there's been some animosity there with MJF, Ethan Page, and, you know, all them guys. But it's going to be weird how they present MJF with crowds because obviously he gets a very positive crowd reaction. So they almost have to be very careful on how they book MJF if they have, you know, an alignment where they want him to be a face or a heel or kind of a tweener character because you put John, Ma- I'm sorry, MJF in the ring with the wrong guy, you know, you might not get the crowd reaction you may want from either wrestler. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tony Khan can dance with this. I mean, MJF, I'm not worried about. He's one of the best mic workers in the game. You know, he'll carry himself through this feud and how long, you know, title run and how long it'll be. Um, I'm sure we'll get a lot more answers on Dynamite. So I am curious to see how the MJF tower goes. I'm happy he has it. He deserves it. I think it's nice to see a fresh face on top of the mountain of AEW. So Let's see what goes on next. Yeah, and speaking of title changes and fresh starts, we had um, two title changes. I think we all kind of assumed the Acclaim was going to beat Swerve in our glory. It was the third match. You know, the Acclaimed is still hot for AEW fans. So he was. You know, they were going to remain tag team champions. I don't think anybody doubted that. So the other three title matches you had, um, well, you also had Jay Cargill retain the TBS title, not a surprise. You had Jamie Hayter re, or win the AEW Women's Interim Championship, though there's some talk that it maybe could just become an official uh, AEW world title that Thunder Rosa is taking longer than expected to come back. And, you know, with the rumors of her and the, you know, the backstage stuff with her and some of the women, who knows if she'll ever come back. But you had Jamie Hayter win the AEW Women's Championship. You had Samoa Joe win the TNT Championship, so he is now the TNT Champion of AEW and the Ring of Honor Television Champion. Uh, and you also had Chris Jericho retain the Ring of Honor World Championship in a fatal four-way match. Uh, so I'll throw this question to you, Cam, first. Out of those two title changes and one title retain, which of them was the most surprising to you? Uh, even though I picked Jericho to win the match, I really didn't. I mean, I thought I was just taking the best odds given to me. I didn't really expect. I thought they were going to move it to someone else. But, I mean, it goes on now with Jericho and the Appreciation Society. And, I mean, I'm not really sure what the angle is here with, like, Jericho, you know, beating every old Ring of Honor wrestler not named CM Punk. Um, He'll have to wrestle Samoa Joe at some point, right? Like, he'll have to face Samoa Joe in, like, buffalo new york in front of 350 drunk buffalo people. <laughs> you know he's to go down that avenue um yeah i don't know what the end game is but i mean even though i picked jericho i'm, I'm surprised that he still retained the title 
that he can go wrestle uh, Tyler Black uh, in Iowa, in, in uh, his hometown. Right, Sherman? Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, I just don't see Tyler Black ever wrestling again anytime soon. But um, I am more surprised that Samoa Joe took the title of Wardlow because I obviously the triple threat stipulation allowed that to happen. Um, you know, obviously Samoa Joe already had the Ring of Honor TV title. I didn't think he'd be double champion, but here we are. So good for Joe, good for EW or slash Ring of Honor to show that kind of faith in Joe to give him you know, two titles to run because unfortunately he hasn't had the cleanest bill of health in recent years. Um, obviously the Jericho stuff, I mean, I sh- I picked Danielson to win that match. Obviously it didn't happen, but Jericho's obviously the guy they want to be the face of ring of honor. Should they start that up again? I really just don't care about the whole ring of honor thing. It's getting overbearing and too much. Um, but I will say good for Jamie Hayter. Obviously I didn't think she was going to win. But clearly, Thunder Rosa may not be coming back sooner than at all. So maybe we're not going to get that Tony Storm Thunder Rosa match. So we're probably going to transition to a Jimmy Hater, Britt Baker fallout at some point. I mean, I keep seeing the gifts online of the Batista, Randy Orton, Evolution, Triple H turn. So, I mean, Dynamite, we might see something similar tomorrow night with uh, Jamie and uh, Britt Jealousy. So I'm calling that shot out. It's going to happen. Maybe not tomorrow, but. Sooner than later, I think you're going to see Jimmy Hader versus Britt Baker for that very title. Yeah, I'm going to go with you two, Chairman, as far as Joe winning. I mean, I don't think it's a sign that they're giving up on Wardlow. I'm not that they're not ready to jump down on that L yet. But just, you know, Wardlow's TNT title run has just been so blah. And it just seems to be like a, a common theme of TNT championship runs ever since Cody Rhodes left the company that, you know, Tony Khan keeps talking about wanting to put the TNT title, wanting to make it a big deal. And it felt like they were kind of making it a big deal with Wardlow. And then all of a sudden, like just out of nowhere, he just is not on TV for like the next like month or two. And then all of a sudden he's, oh, here he is with Samoa Joe. And you know, I just thought maybe this was a chance for Wardlow to pick up a win in a big, you know, toss uh, fight. And they give the title to Joe, and I was kind of that. That one most surprised me. I picked Jamie Hader to win. I thought they needed to strike when the iron was hot with Jamie Hader, and they ended up doing that. Um, I didn't pick Jericho to win. It was just one of those weird things. It's like you know, okay, Jericho's had his fun with the Ring of Honor World Title. He doesn't need to do anything else. Like it, just get it off him, and then fine. And then no, he ends up retaining it. And with it seems like Tony Khan's, like I said last week when he did his media uh, scrum, like the lack of enthusiasm of a possible, uh, you know, Ring of Honor deal coming at compared to what he had been the, in the weeks and the interviews leading up to this. It seems like it's kind of stuck in a standstill right now. I'm just want to know what the hell's going on with Brian Danielson. I mean, I know he's a guy that kind of wants to be a top guy, but doesn't want to be the top guy. And he's kind of wants to transition away from being a full-time wrestler. But I just feel like he's taking way too many. I know he didn't take the actual loss in this fatal four way, but I just feel like he's not being booked to be like, he came in strong. And then after that, it's just kind of like, like once that, you know, those title matches ended, it was like, okay, we don't know what to do with them. What do you think, Chairman? Yeah, I kind of expected more from Brian Danielson. Like, I know he's been in some high-profile matches, but whatnot. But, like, I feel like out of, like, the 27 titles that AEW slash Ring of Honor have in circulation right now, he would at least have his hands on one of them. But, I mean, this might be his decision more so he's not a guy that needs that glory he doesn't 
probably want to be a champion maybe i don't know i mean if he's wanted a belt i'm sure he can go back and say hey give me a title and it'd probably happen because obviously he's one of the most respected men in the ring but you know i mean he probably knows his career's on the backside, and obviously he's more interested in heaven's quality matches putting guys over and i mean i saw some stuff about him that won't be full time anymore soon so you know obviously he knows his time's coming to an end he wants to have some good matches on the way out here so um, we'll enjoy the moments we have with Brian Danielson. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like the AEW stuff just, I mean, he'll never peak his uh, yes movement in WWE. That was kind of his pinnacle. And, you know, we had some great times with that to look back to. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping he still turns out a couple more bangers before he hangs up the boots. Yeah, and who knows, maybe he's somebody that goes and challenges, you know, MJF now with the whole William Regal thing going on with him turning heel. we got to see what's happening with the Blackpool Combat Club this coming Wednesday on Dynamite, so we don't know what that could lead to. But, yeah, and he, maybe he just, man, if he's happy, he just wants to go out and have banger after banger, like Seamus likes to say, banger after banger after banger after banger, that's fine. I think I, just a lot of us as fans were kind of expecting more uh, as far as, you know, what he was going to do like i think we all kind of were expecting an AEW world title run and we just never got it uh what are your thoughts on brian danielson cam yeah i mean his choice or not i mean he came in and one of the you know when he debuted i think it was it was just like such a big deal that we were anticipating you know something big right away and he had the matches he's he's never won a big match and I mean, you can make arguments for whatever side you want to, but I feel like it's kind of been like a miss, a misuse of a of a huge, huge talent. I mean, if he wants to go to part time and eventually, you know, wrestle a little bit, then I saw a quote today: him wanting his last match to be 300 people. So, at some point, Ring of Honor is going to do a show, and Daniel Bryan will be at that 300 person show wrestling his last match. Um, but I just think it's one of those things where, just from the namesake, yeah, AEW's done a good job of keeping the brand going but they haven't really elevated anybody i mean punk came in and went straight to the top and i think that he just coerced you know tony Khan into giving him what he wanted from triple h and vince at the time he never got it uh he kind of assumed that he was living in like some michael Meyer or michael myers uh mike myers austin powers world where he was just frozen in time came back same guy it's like nah dude um but yeah, Daniel Bryan's never had like a big, or Brian Danielson's never had a big run. You know, I, I rant a little bit about a lot of guys that AEW's brought in that haven't really done nothing. And his his group is mid-card at best. I mean, I'm kind of curious to see if Regal brings in um, MJF to be like the leader, and then you can have MJF leading these guys around, which will break down sooner or later. Then he'll wrestle uh, Claudio in a singles match, and he'll wrestle Brian in a singles match, and maybe Daniel Garcia or something, you know, who knows. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, he's seems to be happy. And at some point though, let's say he retires in a few years. And at some point, you know, three, four years down the road, he will come back and as Daniel Bryan and have a little run in the WWE and go into the hall of fame. I'm sure of it. Also from the show, we had the elite make their return in the trios match against, uh, Penta Phoenix and Pac, which is now leading to a uh, best of seven between both of these two teams, which, I mean, these guys have good matches, don't get me wrong, but at some point, I think even seven matches with the best of talents is going to get worn off and repetitive after a while, uh, especially when you consider, you know, a lot of some of the Bucks and Omega's spots, you know, just no selling and whatnot, but you got 
that going on. You've got them coming back to Chicago this week for AEW Dynamite. So who knows what the reaction is going to be there in um, in Chicago. They had the, they had Fuxy and Punk chants uh, at the pay-per-view this past Saturday. I don't know if you're going to get those in Chicago. Who knows? Um, like I said, it, it seems like CM Punk is, wasn't really like a name that was brought up by a lot of AEW fans when I was there in September, right after it happened. And you didn't really hear a lot of these chants, you know, in the build up to the show. But obviously, Chicago is an entirely different animal. So who knows what kind of reaction to expect? Who knows if they even have? I think they actually, no, they are having a match, one of those best of seven. So they will be on the show no matter what. So I'm interested to see what the reaction is there. Um, but what are your thoughts, Chairman, on a best of seven between these six guys? Are you for it or are you against it? I'm against it. I'm not interested in something like that. I'm, it's just how much can you do? Because you know they're going to go seven matches. You know they're not going to do like a five or six. You know, I mean, how many times in wrestling do they do like a best of and it's always to the final match? I mean, I cannot think of one time where it hasn't gone to the final match. So, and it's just like. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are already back. They're already stirring the pot, pissing people off. You know, it depends on your side of the CM Punk um, elite thing. I saw the Young Bucks change their bio to like Chicago. It should be interesting for their like location because obviously the CM Punk crowd of Chicago is probably going to be hot on those guys. Um, and then, of course, they highlighted the fuck CM Punk chance in their being the elite video this week, I heard. And then it's like, it's just kind of amusing to me in a way because like, the fans chanted at CM Punk every chance they got at a WWE show over the last how many years, you know, and then Punk comes back and obviously there was a fallout and then now everyone turns on Punk. And I mean, yeah, things didn't go the way that we wanted it to, but, you know, the Bucks are EVPs. Kenny's an EVP. And it's like, you guys got to be a little more mature than how you're acting. Just just cut your ties. You know, Punk kind of doing his commentary thing. You know, you guys are back in AEW because, you know, whatever, you know, Tony picked you guys over the Punk. Just, just move on, let it go. And, you know, do this best of seven thing that I'm not really interested in, but you're going to win the trios titles in seven matches. Yeah. I mean, we still yet to hear anything official from AEW on this. I have, it's just been kind of more like, you know, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it from Tony Khan. Um, yeah. It's just kind of like a big, a big mess. And yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you too. It's like, just shut up about it and move on. Like, I know you got to be cool and try to be cool with the insider wrestling group and all that stuff. It's like this, you know, like you said, your EVPs, like, I don't care if you're a wrestler as well, separate your wrestling personality from like your outside social media personality blah. And it's like, go on and be like, okay, you know, it's over. We can't talk about it anymore. No, we gotta be, well, you know, you gotta get this double entendre here of what I'm actually talking about with CM Punk. Uh, what do you think, Cam? I mean, there's probably very, very few matches I want to see the best of seven of, and these matches are going to be probably really close to the same. You know, the, maybe they'll save a few spots here and there. Um, I mean, what happened to just a good old-fashioned um, rematch? Just one match, you know? If you don't, if Death Triangle wins, then, you know, that's it. But here we are, and the seventh match is in L.A. So, I mean, this is... Well, one is going to go all seven, as Chairman mentioned. Like, these things, that's just what they do. And if they go the WWE route, like we had Sheamus and Cesaro do a best of seven years ago, and then they formed a cool tag team, so then maybe they'll, at the end of this, just combine forces and be like the the black elite or the elite triangle or something. 
the elite triangle and then they'll then tony khan can create a six-man tag team title belts and then george kittle can come in and um manage them too because he's such a big penta fan oh. That's what sorry, I'm glad you brought that up. I tweeted out that, and this is like so true that I think Penta is AEW Zack Ryder. He is he's so over, and it's like they don't even want to use him correctly. And remember years ago, when Zack Ryder was super over, and Vince was just like refused, like refused to put the put the guy on TV. And then he started getting like kneed in the nuts by by some one of the one of the lady wrestlers, but. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. That look at Pence is on Monday Night Football, and here AEW barely uses him. I, I just want to point out, screw George Kittle because he cost me a fantasy win this week in a must-win game. So screw you, Kittle. Hey, same here. Hey, me too. Look at that. Yeah, fuck you, George Kittle. Um, my favorite thing is when I saw the graphic. It just literally it didn't even say AEW wrestler. It just said professional wrestler. Now I wasn't listening, so they may have mentioned that he wrestled for AEW. I don't know that, but like when it said his, it said his name. I'm surprised anybody at ESPN actually knew his name. And then it just said professional wrestler at the bottom of it. Um, yeah, I think it was Eve Marie. Eve Marie. No, Eve Marie is the redhead. Eve Torres. Eve Torres. That's who it was. She married one of the Gracie brothers. That's right. That's who it was. Who made? Oh yeah. Okay, God. This whole angle is coming back now. She made out with John Cena in front of Zack Ryder on a wheelchair, and then Zack Ryder got pushed off of a wheelchair, like off of ramp, and then yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it completely took the balls off of him. Um, God, that kind of makes me laugh. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I've talked about. It. I've been a huge Penta fan for years now. You know, going back to finding out about him on Lucha Underground and watching some of his Mexico stuff. So it's like, yeah, he just goes out. I mean, hey, if you want, again, if he's having fun getting paid, that's cool. But I'd love to see him get some kind of title run. You know, besides just the tag team titles going forward. But who knows if that'll ever happen. Uh, that's kind of it on AEW. I guess real quick, do you guys, Chairman, anything else you want to add as far as full gear goes to pay-per-view? I mean, I didn't watch it, but I will say, you know, cool to see uh, Soraya back in the ring again. Or Soraya, I don't know how you say a fucking name. Formerly known as Paige, can I call her that? Sure, we'll do that. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, she gets the win over Dr. Britt Baker. That's fine. Uh, yeah, as you said, she made it through. All indications are nothing bad happened, so that's good. Um... Again, you know, now that this Jay Cargill thing is over, just get her, like, get, there's no excuse not to have her go after the world title now, especially with the Jamie Hayter on top, you know. I think Jamie Hayter will get a good run, but, like, I think the fans are just becoming so disinterested in Jay Cargill because it's the same, it, it's the same shit every week, and it's like, okay, like, why are you not going after the title? Yeah, we talked about this on the preview show. Like, I think it's time to kind of now, you know, I don't know if she's ready for that kind of match, uh, but... It just like elevate her at this point and either have her win both titles or have her lose and get the losing streak done because people, you don't want to ever want to lose, have anybody lose interest in you when you're on a long winning streak like this. You know, people gained interest in Goldberg while he was on his winning streak. People are losing interest in Jay Cargo while she's on hers. So I think it's just time we have her lead or lose and then kind of maybe start back up again. I like give her a whole new side of, okay, now this is me after I took out my first loss. I got a whole new character. Uh, what about you, Kim? Any last thoughts? Uh, I mean, we briefly talked about it. I mean, I think that, like, unless Wardlow's going to be one of the first or second guys going after MJF as the world champion, I mean, I feel like they they dropped the ball there big time. 
All right, and that moves us on now to the WWE side of things. We have Survivor Series taking place this Saturday. Uh, again, A-plus for uh, pay-per-view being on a Saturday during football season. I am all for it, even though I have plans. I'm not going to be able to watch Survivor Series live this coming Saturday, but it's easy to watch it on the network afterwards, so hopefully that'll be my plan. Uh, only five matches announced so far. Uh, I'm going to assume the War Games match is going to go close to 45 minutes to an hour, I'd have to assume. Uh, so that takes up a good chunk of your pay-per-view there. And then we've got three other matches as well. Um, I'll ask you here, Chairman, first, what are your thoughts heading into the show? Are you excited for it? You know, tepid, not excited? What do you think? Um, I am and I'm not. Like, I don't know. It's a virus series. I guess I'm happy we're not doing brand supremacy bullshit, but like, you know, I'm not a big Ronnie fan as we all know. And it's like the women's stuff. Like we've seen this damage control angle just run way too freaking long. So I'm really hoping this is the grand finale here, but I mean the, the men's war game match looks cool, you know, and obviously anytime you see AJ versus Finn, you're excited. And obviously Seth Rollins is freaking wrestling. So that's always a plus two. So there are some uh, exciting things to be excited about. Plus, it's not going to cost me 50 bucks, so I'm definitely watching. Yeah, I would have, I mean, I'm like you said, I'm with you. I am 100% happy we are not getting stupid the fight for brand supremacy that nobody even cares about the next week on any of these shows. So that's already a big improvement as it is going from it. Uh, like you said, yeah, you know, War Games matches are a plus. They all kind of make sense. It's not like... It's not like they force the pay-per-view and like they said, okay, this is war games. We're just going to throw people together. Kind of how it built up, especially on the women's side, made sense. So the buildup for all those matches are fine. Maybe I would have liked to see one or two more traditional Survivor Series matches in there too. Like you could have done like AJ Styles and the OC and then uh, two other guys against the uh, against Judgment Day. And then two other guys there. Maybe you could have done one more like match on uh, SmackDown where you get guys like you get like Imperium and then a tag team against like uh, Rey Mysterio and the guys in the World Cup tournament, that kind of thing there. But yeah, I mean, I think wrestling wise outside of the SmackDown women's title matches should be a good show. So I'm definitely looking forward to catching it this weekend. Uh, What about you, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I think. Obviously, AJ Styles and Finn Balor will be pretty good. The, the War Games matches will be pretty good. I'm curious to see if any big angle will come out of it, especially with you know Kevin Owens being added um, late to decide with Drew McIntyre and the Brawling Brutes. So I'm curious to see if there'll be any tension between him, Sammy, and the Bloodline and maybe plant the seeds for a possible KO Sammy versus the Usos tag team match at Mania. So we'll see. I'm curious about that. Um, Bray Wyatt not on the card, but that's fine. It still takes its time. It's kind of weird what's going on with him and LA Knight, but I mean, we'll see if they, I mean, I think it's, excuse me, I think it's a little smart actually that they don't have Bray wrestle quite yet. Like let the stories develop, let it take its time, let it breathe. And then um, possibly headline like the next pay-per-view or something with a match because Roman, you know, only works part-time. Yeah, it's, I was actually home and able to watch SmackDown this past Friday. And yeah, Bray Wyatt feeding with LA Knight is just kind of weird. Like, it, I don't know, maybe it's just because it's such two conflicting, or like two, di- not conflicting, two like different personalities. And I'm just watching, I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like, I feel like Bray should be feeding with somebody that's not LA Knight. But like, 
yeah, at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, LA Knight can talk, and I guess that helps because Bray can also talk. Yeah, it's just like a weird pairing for their first feud. Um, Yo, question real quick here. Yeah. I don't see that in the Wikipedia page either, but wasn't Miz and Desert Lumis supposed to fight for the contract? I finally? think that's taking place on Raw this coming Monday. Uh, they they make the cut, huh? No, yeah, that's because like the part of one of the parts of Raw I saw because Johnny Gargano lost lost to Osmosis Jones. That's why I tweeted like trying to understand the booking of Johnny Gargano here. It doesn't make sense, but yeah, no, this is happening. I guess technically because I guess oh well, yeah, well I guess yeah, I don't know why, but apparently they want people to tune into Raw to see Dexter Loomis versus the Miz. So good luck with that. I mean, Monday Night Football this week is Steelers Colts, so it's not that great of a game. So maybe they'll tune in. <laughs> um. All right, let's get to the preview here. Let's start with the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Uh, Chairman's favorite, Ronda Rousey against Shotzi. I don't get this. Like, I was watching, like I said, I was watching SmackDown this past Friday. It seemed like they cared more about doing a Raquel Rodriguez Ronda Rousey match at some point rather than Shotzi. And Shotzi's just kind of like a small placeholder here. I don't know. Maybe they'll get to that on a SmackDown coming up, but uh, I, I. I do not have high hopes for this. I mean, Ronda is not somebody that can lead a match on her own. And Shotzi, you know, God bless her. She tries in the ring. She puts her effort in, but she's not the smoothest technical, nearly sound person in on the SmackDown side of the women's division. So, like I said, I guess they wanted Ronda on a pay-per-view. One of the big four, her their options, I guess, were limited. I don't know why they couldn't have done Ronda and Raquel, because at least they treat Raquel more like a big deal. Maybe I'm guessing Shotzi's maybe a favorite of Triple H, but I, you know, Ronda's retaining here. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next with her, because you know most of the talents on the Smack or the Raw side of things, you, nobody knows what's happening with Sasha Banks and Naomi. I don't know what brand Charlotte Flair is on, even if she is on a brand. I don't remember what it was. Um, like I said, you can do a one-off match with Raquel, but you know, they already went through Liv. It's like the SmackDown side of things just isn't very strong. So I'll be curious to see what ends up happening there. But uh, as far as this match goes, I think Ronda wins. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? Yeah, unfortunately, Ryan's going to win this one. Uh, go back to Charlotte Flair. I mean, she's been off for a while. So, I mean, she could probably go back to Raw or SmackDown because, you know, after you're gone for so long, they'll just say, your contract happened to expire or something, or they'll make a trade. Um, you know, part of me almost thinks Becky Lynch could end up on SmackDown because obviously her and Ronnie gets some unfinished business, but then again, Seth's on Raw, so I kind of probably don't see that happening, unfortunately. I mean, there's not a whole lot of strong competitors on the SmackDown side, um, unless there's some fallout from the War Games women's match that something happens. Um, I mean, Raquel's obviously someone that we would think would be a worthy opponent, but I mean, they're going to save her for Royal Rumble or WrestleMania because that's kind of where I'm looking at right now. But yeah, Ronnie will beat Shotzi because Shotzi's, yeah, your tank's cool, your green hair's cool, your tattoos are cool, you're cool, but you're not going to beat Ronnie, unfortunately. All right, who do you got, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I think they're back to the the well with how they booked Ronda at the beginning when she first came to WWE, but they're just going to, you know, have her run through pretty much everybody. Um, I mean, assuming Becky doesn't come back at Survivor Series, I mean, I think she'll come back before the Rumble, but I kind of feel like Becky's going to win the Rumble just so they can set up her and Ronda at, at Mania. So that's like, a, you know, the second biggest match on one of the nights of the of WrestleMania's two night show and then they'll save Bianca for somebody else. Um I could be wrong, but I mean yeah, Ronda wins here. I think this is this is pretty easy. 
All right, let's go to uh, AJ Styles and Finn Balor one-on-one. You got Judgment Day, you got the OC. It seems like they're doing a good job of propping up the Judgment Day back on Raw. If they were kind of floundering with Vince, uh, you know, running things there, but they're they're a main focus. They are on TV a lot. You know, it's it's not a group that's I'm tired of. I, like I said, I I keep saying I got to give Dominic Mysterio a little bit of credit here. He's doing a good job of getting like heel heat as far as being like a chicken shit heel goes and the fans actually hating him. So I got to give it a plus there. Um, I still not feeling the OC. I mean, you know, Gales and Anderson are whatever, you know, AJ Styles. It's good to see this kind of program though. Have AJ Styles be able to get in there with a former bullet club leader, you know, two former bullet club leaders going at it. So uh, I think it'll be a fun match. Who are you going with chairman? Yeah. Um, I'm going to think Finn Balor is going to win. And the only reason why I say that is because I think they're trying to position Finn Balor to be someone to challenge Seth Rollins for the U.S. title. You know, they want to do that program, I think, like big time. But obviously there's a lot of people in that U.S. title pool, which is good because obviously Raw needs that with Roman holding the other two titles hostage on SmackDown for the most part. But um, obviously we got the OC and the Judgment Day feud going on. And, you know, obviously – Mia Yim or Mi Chin or the fuck her name is this week. I keep changing it. Nobody freaking knows. It might be uh, Jade or it might be uh, Reckoning. I mean, fuck. I don't know what to call her. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm just going to say that uh, Finn's going to get the victory over AJ Styles here. I feel like AJ Styles really just hasn't had any good moments like lately. I feel like they just don't give him that big win or push lately. I feel like he's just kind of there and then putting him with the Uncharismatic OC does not help him at all, so I'm going Finn. All right, who do you got, Cam? Well, I mean, I think AJ, his run, you know, the last, what, year or two, couple of years, being in a tag team with Os- Osmosis Jones and <laughs> all these things that he's had to do, um, I think that with Roman having both belts, it kind of straps hold of what can be done, you know, and you know, we kind of talked about it's like the Brock Lesnar effect almost now with Roman that he's here and it kind of pushes other guys down because he's booked so strong and there's like no one's going to beat him type thing to where that, you know, if Roman ever relinquishes the belts at some point that <clears throat> that guys like AJ Styles can move up the ladder. Uh, as far as this match goes, I mean, old old school booking mentality it tells you, you now the Judgment Day beat beat AJ Styles and the other OC guys down on Monday Night Raw. So that tells you AJ's going to get the win. Um, Judgment Day's been on a pretty good roll. Triple H obviously is trying to get a resurgence going with, with Finn Balor and obviously likes Damian Priest. And and um, so I think that, I mean, this is actually really tough because I could see it going both ways. I mean, I think the feud extends here. So I'm going to say AJ Styles wins and the feud continues mm-hmm. over and they do i mean at some point do they do like they'll probably do like a six man tag or something yeah this one's a tough one for me to pick too i agree with you i could see it going either way obviously with all the guys and the groups getting involved um i think i'll lean finn here because there's something like aj styles has had like you said guys said aj styles these last couple of years just hasn't been like that great i mean we got the boneyard match which was awesome obviously and that's it i mean i don't think we've gotten an aj roman match since roman's long title reign started i may be wrong but i'm pretty sure we never did because i'm pretty sure they've 
always been on separate brands. But yeah, I agree. I think they're trying to build Finn up as like the next top heel over on Raw. Get him some, you know, challenges like you said, Seth. You know, when Cody comes back, you can go to Finn and Cody as a heel there. So I'll go ahead and give Finn the win here, which leads us to the U.S. title match: Seth Rollins defending against Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Um, God, I don't want to. Gotta give again these guys credit again. I was. I kind of like this new edgier theory they're trying to go with now that the Money in the Bank briefcase is off his back. It's at least different, you know, than the Vince McMahon shit that he was doing. So I got to give him a little bit of a plus there. Um, but yeah, it's not this guess as a face, even though he kind of was a heel this past Monday with this promo on Raw. Um, I, th- I think he's supposed to be the face in this program. Obviously, it's not a theory, and it feels like they're trying to turn Lashley heel again. So I think Seth is the baby face. But we've got this triple threat match here for the United States title. Uh, your turn to go first here, Cam. Who are you going with? I mean, Austin Theory has done like a decent job of kind of keeping things interesting for himself. I mean, at some point, does Triple H give him a chance? Um, I mean, I feel like Seth's going to retain here, and I think we're going to get a Lashley-Austin Lashley, uh, Theory feud out of this going forward. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I think Seth wins the match, and post-match, Lashley's pissed and beats down Austin Theory, and they begin a feud, and, and Seth moves on to somebody else. Yeah, I think they just put the title, the U.S. title on Seth. Seth is over with the crowd. They love doing his dance thing and going to his like, uh, theme song when he comes out. Even when he was a heel, it was starting to get over. And now that he's trying to be treated more as a face, it works, even though I know some people still don't like the uh, the gimmick. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's... I don't think I I don't think they flip flopped. I would say I don't think it's a triple H thing that flip flopped the titles, but they just did it with the tag, the women's tag titles. But that's a little bit different than the U.S. title he was been trying to build up as long as well as the Intercontinental title. So I'll go ahead and say Seth ends up retaining here to um, like you see I said Finn Balor is somebody you could look at as the next opponent for him. Um, I think, you know, Lashley moves on to something else after this. Maybe Brock makes an appearance at Survivor Series. Who knows? But I'm going to go ahead and pick Seth to retain. Um, and who are you going with, Chairman? I mean, there was a long time where I wasn't picking my boy to win because he was on that freaking losing skid here. But now that he's gotten gold, I got to pick him because Theory's a douchebag. There's no way I'm picking him. And Lashley, it's like, nah, man, you ain't getting that gold back, you know. I mean, this goes back to what I said before. Finn Balor beats AJ Styles. Finn Balor's trying to become the mega heel here. And I think, you know, him and Seth Rollins are probably going to eventually have that clash, you know, you know, a big, big clash, you know, for that title. Because that's obviously the title of Raw because, obviously, like I said before, Roman's got the other ones all held down on freaking SmackDowns. So I'm not really sure what's going to come out of this, but I did see something on the internet today that was kind of interesting how somebody was kind of comparing Seth Rollins to Macho Man Randy Savage because obviously the Macho Man used to wear a lot of crazy color schemes back in the day and you know he had the tassels and the hat and the glasses and Seth's kind of got his own spin on things with the suits and his weird glasses so maybe it's a weird how much the Macho Man I don't know but I'm enjoying it you know the crowd's enjoying it you know obviously people respect his in-ring work you know people can argue about his character I think it's fantastic the cackle laugh and, you know, if you pull the gold off him this quick, you know, you might anger some people, especially Theory, because he's an undeserving turf sandwich. So that means Seth's next feud is going to be determined by somebody having jealous eyes for Becky Lynch is what I'm getting at there. Okay, uh, that's fine with me. 
<laughs> we can go with that. I want to hear. I want to hear Seth Rollins cut that promo. You got the jealous eyes for Becky Lynch. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, all right, let's go over to the women's war games match. You've got Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Sky, Eos, Dakota Kai, excuse me, Io Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley against Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, uh, Mia Yim, but I believe her name change is now Min. Minson, M-I-N-C, Mitchin, M-I-C-H-I-N, Mitch, the Michelin, like a Michelin man, but without the L. Um, okay, Mitchin, I don't get it. I don't, I didn't see if there was an explanation for it. Uh, and one mystery partner that they said will be announced this coming Friday on SmackDown. So obviously, if you're listening to this, there's probably a good chance. Uh, we're recording before uh, SmackDown. You'll probably be listening to this before SmackDown anyways. Um I kind of think that the fact that they're holding off this long to de- like to make the return and have it be like, hey, watch SmackDown this Friday to see who it is going to be that's returning, it kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be Becky Lynch. I don't think they would hold off that long, or like I think if it was like um, Candice LeRae, like a lot of us thought it was going to be, I don't think they would hold off to make an announcement on Friday on SmackDown, like. No offense to Candice LeRae, but if you're holding off and saying watch SmackDown and see what your Tara partner is going to be, it's kind of a bit of a disappointment. Like I say, absolutely no offense to her, but she's not that big of a name. Whereas, you know, if Becky's actually going to come back, she's a big name. Um, there were there was originally reports that she might not be ready in time, but now I've seen some that she is ready. And it's probably going to be her announced. So that would then lead me to believe that if Becky's making a comeback, I would have to think that will lead the faces to winning, but man, would that just absolutely kill damage control. I mean, damage control is already losing credibility as it is because of all the losses they're taking. That would just absolutely be like a final nail in the coffin where it's like, okay, um, what is damage control supposed to do now? Like there's no way this Bianca feud with them can keep going after this match. I mean, if war games is the end all be all of everything, I don't think you should keep it going. So Becky coming back will leave me to think the faces are going to win. And of course, you know, you get the one, one pinfall or surrender by one way. I don't know who would be the person, maybe Nikki cross that ends up surrendering on the women's side of things. But I think if it's Becky, that there's a good chance to face women are going to win. So I'll go ahead and uh, pick that as my guess there. Um, who are you going with, uh, Chairman? Yeah, the Becky Lynch um, makes sense because obviously Davis Control took her out. So her coming back would be the big surprise. And then obviously Cancel Ray is probably like the plan B if uh, Becky can't go. I really don't see anybody else, you know, fitting into this storyline. It's not going to be I, Dana I mean, Brooke. Oh, I was going to say, Dana Brooke could be mad because Nikki Cross trashed her title. Oh, man. <laughs> it, it's officially been retired, I've seen, too. So, um, yeah, I think the fan favorite team of Bianca, Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, or Min Chi, or fucker her name is, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, TBA will win because I just want to hear Rhea Ripley's, like, solo theme because Chris Motionless from Motionless and White is the one singing it now and it's freaking amazing because I'm a big fan of Motionless and White but like she keeps coming out with the damn Judgment Day theme it's like come on um, I am so hold, hold up for the uh, Bianca Rhea Wrestlemania match though but um, I think you know Damage Control losing that might send a rift between the three of them 
but of course, if Becky's back, you know, she'll probably have a one-on-one with Bailey, and then this kind of gets Bianca away from there and onto Rhea Ripley. You know, I, I'm still thinking Rhea's going to win the Royal Rumble, and then we get WrestleMania between those two, and then you know, Nikki Cross is there, Oscar, Alessa, they're all there. Honestly, the best case scenario is try to get Oscar or Alexa Bliss, maybe be a stopgap for um, the terrible reign of Ronda Rousey. But yeah, I'm picking the fan favorites for sure here. All right, and who do you got, Cam? I'm in the same boat. It's if it's Becky that comes back, then the faces are going to win, and damage control, damage control, excuse me, is essentially dead. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, Judgment Day Judgment Day got revived a little bit, but uh, Damage Control had to go down, so lesser of two evils there. Um, but if it's not Becky, I mean, I mean, even if it is Becky, you could still go with Damage Control, but I don't think that would happen. But if they hold off on Becky and have her come back and say, I'm entering the Rumble, you know, sometime like mid-December or something like that, have her a few TV matches and have her win the Rumble, but, you know, Chairman's picking um, Rhea Ripley, so... I don't know. I'm, I mean, the safe bet says Becky comes back just to pop the crowd and shake things up a little bit and helps her team win. All right. So on the women's division, the show's in Boston. Boston is Sasha Banks' hometown. Sasha Banks and Naomi still haven't been around for a while. Uh, you guys think, Cam, I guess I'll ask you first while you're still there. Any chance that they could be showing up this coming Saturday? I mean, multiple big returns would be nice. I mean, I don't know where they fit on the card. I mean, if they come back and Becky, I mean, if they come back and help damage control win, then, you know, that could be something interesting and you could have some sort of agreement there with Bailey and Sasha Banks because, they, you know, they've always been like the quote outcast. It was always Charlotte and Becky, Charlotte and Becky, Sasha and Bailey kind of always played second fiddle to them. That could be a little interesting angle they could do. Um, I mean, my assumption is that if they are going to return, it's got to be huge. I don't see them coming back as a tag team, maybe at first, but then they're going to work separate stuff. And maybe Sasha comes back and wins the Rumble. But, I mean, I think it's a safe bet to say they won't be back to – they won't come back as far as hers. Yeah, you need something kind of set up for them. Like you said, they could – Sasha could come back and win the Rumble – but, I mean, we've seen big returns, like Ronda return last year, won the Rumble. You do the same kind of angle again. I, I don't know what it would be. We don't even know if they're coming back. There was, months ago, there was reports that they were on the, the internal roster, and then nothing's happened since, so who knows. Um, but, yeah, unless you're going to jump right into – I think, actually, there would be more of a chance of her coming back against Ronda than there would be in this match, now that I'm thinking about this. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Yeah, it's just weird because, like, A, do they come back together? And if they don't, like, where do they fit into the scheme of things? Because, yeah, I could see Sasha coming back and going after, you know, Ronnie for sure. And, of course, you know, let's say there's a post-match beatdown. Shayna Baszler comes in, helps Ronnie beat some shots. Boom, Sasha can come back. Hell, Naomi, too, you know. I mean, that's an option for sure. But, you know, if they want the tag titles, then they have to go after damage control in the other match. And I think that's going to be overly congested of stuff, especially if there's a Becky Lynch return. Um, I think, you know, they're not going to want to take us that away from that. So I, I, I don't see where they can fit in right now. I just don't think there's an avenue for it. I mean, at this point, I'm almost thinking they're saving them for the Royal Rumble if there's a return. But, you know, do they come back together? I, I think that's the big question right now, and if at all. So right now and then of course charlotte's still lingering around too so it's just like 
where do these pieces of the puzzle fit? We're just going to have to wait and see. All right, and that leads us to the men's match, the men's war games match. You've got the Bloodline taking on the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre, and a returning Kevin Owens who returned this past Friday on SmackDown. Uh, it was a cool moment. The crowd liked it, and the crowd liked the interaction where Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn stared each other down. Um, they obviously leading to the tension there, which I have something that we've I've talked about. I know we talked about a while on this show leading up to this match that, you know, this could be the start of where it happens. And it almost didn't happen because Kevin Owens had a injury a couple weeks ago at a house show, but thankfully it was just a sprained MCL, which, you know, while still painful, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Could have been a torn MCL, which isn't that good. But I expect this match to be physical. I wish they would allow blood because I think if there was blood in this match, it would be even better. Maybe there will be some, you know, quote unquote, accidental blood. Who knows? Uh, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing this match go ahead. Um, I'll go to you, Chairman, first here. Who are you going with? Ooh, this is a tough one. Probably the toughest match of the night, honestly. Um, but, man, I'm happy to see KO back because I was kind of wondering what the hell's going on there. But it's like, I'm going to pick the bloodline. And, you know, you can definitely argue both ways here, but I just think that Roman and his entourage are just too damn dominant right now versus a makeshift team of Brawl and Bruce, Drew McIntyre, and KO. I mean, KO is notorious for turning on people and, you know, not getting along with people. So, I mean, who's to say there's a fallout, you know, within that group? You know, maybe his friendship with Sammy will have him turn on those guys and join the bloodline for some weird-ass storyline that I won't be able to comprehend. I think I'm talking too much far-fetched here. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, the KO Sami Zayn uh, interactions will be very, very interesting. And, yeah, you, there's a lot of people that think that Sami's going to take the loss and cost the bloodline and get him kicked out. But I don't think we're there yet. I think that Sami's too entertaining and over for that to happen. Um, and, of course, there's a lot of people that we, 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 we've talked about this time and time again where KO and Sami team up against the Usos and me for the titles of WrestleMania. I mean, that might be how long it takes for that to happen. I don't know. I'm loving, I'm loving Usi Sammy though. So I don't, don't want that to be broken up. You know, I'm hoping he gets to pin over KO and then, uh, you know, he gets embraced except for, uh, Jay, who's a little bitch and hates on Usi Sammy, but you know, it is what it is. All right. Who are you going with Cam? I mean, I, this is tough because I feel like what happens here possibly could dictate what's going to happen. The rumble WrestleMania, um, you know, there's not a million pay-per-views anymore, so how many pay-per-views is it between now and the Rumble? Maybe one more? I don't think there is another one. I think the Rumble... They axed them all. They axed them all. There we go. See, so now we're talking about old-school booking to where what happens this Saturday has huge implications on what we think could happen going into, you know, mid-January and then the road to WrestleMania. So I'm going to pick the makeshift team of the brawling brutes kevin owens and drew mcintyre um i think kevin owens pins jay uso jay uso and you start to see it you you know roman's pissed that they lost uh but he's letting him letting him get a pass because he's family they're the bloodline and you can see that t- sammy maybe rising up the ranks a little bit higher um there's still some stuff they could do uh, maybe and go as far as have sammy and Jimmy Uso defend the tag titles and leave Jay out or something. Who knows? Um, 
but I'm going to pick the makeshift team. And because there needs to be some sort of friction heading into the rumble and mania and assuming we're going to get the rock. I mean, I don't see Roman losing the belts anytime soon. I mean, he could possibly lose it at the rumble, but I mean, right now it's looking like we're going to get Roman in the rock, you know, for the titles at me at mania. Um, I don't know, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think I'm just, I'm taking the other guys. Yeah, I'm going to go with the faces too here. I think one important thing is that a win by the faces sets up two title matches for Roman Reigns going forward. You've got a Roman Reigns-Sheamus match, which has not taken place yet. Well, during Roman Reigns' run, it has taken place before, but not during this Reigns' run. And you also have another Reigns-KO uh, possibility. You know, KO and Reigns happened originally, but it was, it was the start of Roman Reigns' run. So I guess technically in the in that kind of you know setting, it's a fresh matchup for Roman Reigns, I guess you could say. And, you know, you could do a SmackDown where you want to do one and you say, hey, Sheamus and Roman Reigns for the Undisputed title, build up a SmackDown for it and do Kevin Owens at uh, the Royal Rumble. You know, two years since they fought, I think it was at the Royal Rumble they fought and had that last man standing match. And like you said, the it, the easy way out, I think, you know, I've talked about thinking it like this before, too, where Sammy's the one that eats the pinfall. And then, you know, they start turning on back. I like your idea, Cam, of Jay being the one that eats the pinfall or submission. And then, like, the tension being there. Or they Sammy getting pissed there. And everybody now getting pissed at Jay for not listening to Sammy. Um, I like that idea better. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, wrestling, we keep talking about all these possibilities for WrestleMania. I think the one good thing is we keep saying is that with all of these um you know, people coming back from injury. There's a lot of good possibilities for these to be two really great nights of WrestleMania. You could have like upwards of two or three women's matches on each show. You've got Reigns and Rock you know, there. You've got a Stone Cold match. You could do the tag titles with KO and Sami Zayn. Uh, there's just so much stuff there that you WrestleMania just seemed really, really interesting going into this year. And we're still, we got your December, January, February, March, you have five months away. Uh, from it so yeah I'll go with the faces to win here like I said it sets up a bunch of matches going forward and it kind of it could be like you know we've seen the bloodline win so much on these premium live events you know uh, the first crack in the bloodline if you want to call it like that so uh, that is our show for this week uh, we hope you enjoyed it as always we'll be back next week to recap Survivor Series and talk anything from Dynamite that took place this past Wednesday and probably the Wednesday, the next Wednesday as well. Uh, so for my co-host Cam and the chairman Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.